You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, your home. Honor and privilege to welcome our speaker. She is one of my favorites at Cayo. She's the better looking of the two, that's for sure, hands down. <laughs> it is Trisha, so give it up for Trisha. She brings the message tonight. Thank you, guys, and I appreciate that I am better looking than the two. I will take that. I'm also, did you guys know, fun fact, I'm the older of the two. Can you believe that? Yeah. Six months. I'm six months his sugar mama. Hey, we always said that. We always will. Yeah. <clears throat> so thank you so much, Pastor Dale, for the privilege to talk to these kids tonight. And we took up a lot of time, but thankfully for you guys, I'm short-winded. But then at the same time, I have a little bit of three messages in one because I want to show you three different things. Okay, so let's get started in Matthew chapter 14. Hopefully it'll be up on the screen for you. And I want to show you guys why it can be fun to read the Bible so this, this is our context, but I'm also showing you why it's fun to read the Bible. So I'll be starting and stopping, explaining as I go, okay? All right, at that time, Herod, the Tetrarch, heard the reports about Jesus. Herod is the son of the Herod who killed all the babies trying to get to Jesus, okay? So this is the son of the guy who was trying to kill all the babies trying to get to Jesus, okay? And he said to his attendants... This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Now, Herod actually thought, he didn't actually think that Jesus was raised from the dead at this time. He thought that, um, uh, he thought John the Baptist was the one. And he thought Jesus was performing miracles as John the Baptist. Like he thought John the Baptist's spirit was in Jesus instead of like the other way around. Okay, so now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. He was trying to sleep with his brother's woman, straight up. That's what was going on. And John the Baptist was like, dude, that's not cool. Keep it PG, okay? So he didn't like that. So Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. He was super popular. He was a big influencer on YouTube. Oh, wait, they didn't have that back then, but if they did, he would have been there, okay? On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias, which is even more weird, danced for the guests and pleased Herod. All right, so she danced for Herod. It wasn't a ball dance. It wasn't a waltz. It wasn't jazz. Okay. It was um, bring your singles. Y'all feel me on that? Y'all got what I'm saying? Picking up what I'm throwing down. I hope so because I'm not going to go any further. All right. Don't get your singles out right now. All right. So, and Herod was really drunk, by the way, so much that he promised with an oath. He loved the way she was dancing so much. He promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. And her mama set her up to say, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was freaking out. But because of his oath and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter 
Can you imagine a head brought on a platter? Like the blood still dripping out? Like everywhere? Okay, go ahead. All right. And given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He was like, dude, I got to get alone. This is crazy. My best friend, the dude that baptized me is now dead. I got to go. But when he went to the solitary place, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns and they waited for him to land. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Another uh, translation says that like he literally had empathy for them. Like he felt so bad because they were sad too. They really loved John the Baptist. They loved Jesus. And now that John was gone, they were super sad. And so he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. We're out in the country, y'all. It's not going to get any more deep than this. There's no restaurants. There's no grocery stores. What are we going to do? They can't buy their own food. So Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus said, bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Can you imagine how long it took them all to get sit down on the grass? Do you know how long it took us to get y'all where we needed you to be at camp and there was only 43 of you? It was stressful. Can you imagine all these people? Okay, so taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Apparently nobody was gluten-free. Nobody was uh, dairy-free or whatever. Um, no, everybody ate seafood, I guess, because it says they all ate and were satisfied. So the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken, of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, plus their wives and their children. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Do you guys remember why he went to the mountainside? He was Jesus, but he went to the mountainside because he was sad about John the Baptist and he wanted to be alone and talk to God. It's not how you start, it's how you finish in life. And I think Jesus showed that really well in this parable, in this story. Sorry, it's not a parable, it really happened. In this story, because he could have just stopped there. He could have went with the disciples. He could have just stayed with them and just hung out and was like, Ah, oh, God, I'll get to you later. But no, he went ahead and finished what he started, and he went to be alone. I think about camp this year. <laughs> Yellow team was first place in the amazing race. <sighs> I will forever hold that in my heart. I will take that when I am 80 years old and people come to visit me wherever I am, I will say, do you remember the year that the yellow team got first place in the Amazing Race? You probably think I'm kidding, but I, I'm not. I am not. 
But the good news is it wasn't how we started, it's how we finished. Because you, you guys remember the first game that I was in, and we were supposed to get the sock off the person? And I got her down on the ground, and I did pretty good. But then the next thing I know, she's got me by the leg, and she lifted me off the ground. And I had a decision to make in that moment. Do I want to take the chance to be injured for the rest of camp? Do I want to take the chance to go to the hospital, go to the emergency room because of the damage this could be done? Because I don't know if you guys realize it, but on the other end of the game, one of the guys was injured. And he was, like, messed up the rest of camp. Like, he was walking around like this. He couldn't, he couldn't move his neck. He couldn't move his shoulders. Like, you would say, hey, hey, guy, what's going on? And he'd be like, that's how he moved. I'm not joking. That's how he moved. And I was like, I'm glad that I did not let that happen to me. But anyway, so we didn't start with that way. Then our rooms, you guys know they do the clean room check. But 21 girls, guys, 21 girls. Oh, my gosh. There were curling irons everywhere, hairbrushes, suitcases out in the open. I'm like, there is no way. I am surprised that Caleb did not deduct points from our team from the way our rooms looked. How did the guys' rooms look? I don't even know. But ours, they were messy, bro. Even the poor camp workers, Caitlin happened to be in the bathrooms. Hey, listen up, listen up. Caitlin happened to be in the bathrooms when the camp workers came to clean it, and they took one look at it, stepped back out, and had a group prayer that they were able to get through cleaning the bathrooms. That's how bad they were, guys. And they were like, oh, it was rough. It was rough for even me. But then, on that last day, Caitlin and the other team leaders, they strategized, and they got together and they figured out who should be in each category, who would be the best. We even had poor Ava. Is poor Ava here tonight? We had Ava racing against other people to see if she was good enough to be in an event. Okay, I've never done that before. I've always said, I just want you guys to have fun. But not this year. This year we were winning. And it paid off. So, even poor Jasmine. Jasmine loves to compete in the Amazing Race. We didn't even have a spot for her. And she could have, like, forced her way into a spot, but she didn't. She took it like a champ. And then in the last minute, I found a spot for her. So, she still got to run and help and do some things. So, that's how we finished was first place. Fourth overall, mind you. Fourth overall. And the whole thing. Guys got third, in case you don't know. Third, fourth. <laughs> oh, thanks to Carter. Oh, bless his heart. <clears throat> okay, so it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Sometimes there are just days when you've had enough, right? Like Jesus, he heard about the death of John the Baptist. He knew he needed time alone to process, to talk to God, to work this out, like... Could you imagine your best friend dying like Jesus, like God? He wouldn't talk to himself, I guess. God, why did you take my friend? Why did you let that happen to him? Like he was doing so good. He was telling people about you. And now he's gone. He had to process that and he just had enough. 
You know, these last couple of months have been just that for me. It's been a hard thing to process what's been going on for me. Some things that just a major, like I just have to step back and be like, what in the world? There are just some days you have enough. But the one thing that I focused on during that time was that I need to keep my direct line with God. Even though I'd had enough of like outside influences, I still was like, okay, God, it's me and you. I'm journaling. Sometimes I'm journaling not so good things. I'm vomiting out. Sometimes I'm journaling wonderful things. It's just whatever I need to vent out, and God's always there for it. Sometimes, guys, I know this is going to be a hard one. You have to think about other people and not yourself. Mm. I know, I know. What are we going to do? When Jesus got off the boat, do you really think he wanted to see all those people and heal all those people? No. No. I don't care if he's the king of kings, lord of lords, son of man, blah, 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 son of God, yada, 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 whatever. He wanted, he went there to be alone. Alone. Have you ever gone somewhere and you're like, well, okay, here's the example You've been at school all day. Maybe you had practice after that. And this whole time you're thinking, I just can't wait to get home. I just can't wait to get home. You walk in the door and then your parents say, hey, we've got to go do this. That ever happened to you? Mm -hmm. I know it happens to my daughter sometimes. She doesn't like it. So sometimes you got to think about other people and not yourself. Are you going to let compassion for someone else move you, or are you going to just focus on yourself? I remember when I used to coach cross-country. I don't think those girls are here tonight, are they? No. Anyway, we were in a race, and um, one of my students, she was running and running and running, and then she tripped on, like, like in cross-country, you're on, like, fields and tree limbs and roots and trees and stuff, and it's actually more dangerous than track, but for some reason, they still do it. So you're running, and she tripped over a tree branch or root or something. I don't even remember what it was, and one of my other runners came up behind her, and instead of just passing her by, she stopped, helped her up, and they finished the race together. Now, I couldn't have been more proud of these, this girl. Like, I was like, oh my goodness, she just, like, lost her place to help this other girl. I was super proud. When her mom and the other coach got a hold of her, I felt so sorry for her. They chewed her out so bad for helping that other runner. You've only got to think about yourself. You've got to keep going. You can't just stop when you come up on somebody else. And I let them chew her out, and then I went up to her, and I was like, hey, I've never been more proud of you. Not everybody would stop for somebody else, but you did, and you didn't have to. And for that, you deserve a, a medal for me. So sometimes, guys, you got to think about other people and not about yourself. So when Jesus did the miracles, fed the 5,000, that's what he was thinking about. He was thinking about other people. And please don't forget to finish what you started. He still made time to be alone. 
he finished the very thing he set out to do. It took him a long time. It took him all day. So, guys, I want you to consider this moment your starting point. Some of you guys went to camp last week. It changed your whole life. But it's not how you start. It's how you finish. So in 50 years, and you're sitting there. I know it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine for even me. You're sitting there, and you're looking back on what you've done in your life. How, what are you going to think? Did you finish strong? Are you finishing strong at this time in your life? I hope so. I hope every single person in this room finishes strong. I hope you all continue to serve Jesus and stay on fire like you are. But sometimes it doesn't happen that way. But there are some practical things that you can do to keep yourself strong and be able to finish what you started. So I want to talk to you guys about those. So here we're going into message number three now, in case you were wondering. All right, this is what happens when you don't get to preach for a long time. You take three messages and condense it really fast all into one. So my first one, three things you can do to finish strong, not how you start, it's how you finish, is to find a mentor. You've got lots of mentors in this room. All of these leaders, Caitlin, Ben, Ashton, Nathan, Pastor Daryl, me, we're all mentors. But instead of just letting all of us talk to you a little bit, you should pick one and really hone in with that person and get deep with them. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, that iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. In Proverbs 22, 6, it says to train up a child the way they should go, when they are old, they will not depart from it. Sometimes you think child is in, um, let's go with child rearing. You guys know what that is, like to literally raise a child, baby from, you know, toddler, all that stuff. But think about this. Train up a baby Christian in the way they should go, and when they are a mature Christian, they will not depart from it. So you could be have a mentor to teach you, to help you mature in your faith. Find one of us. If it's not one of us, find someone else. Your peer, your friend cannot be a mentor. They have absolutely no idea what they are doing. Did you know that? Your friends, your peers, they don't know what's going on. They're just spitballing it like you are every day. So they would not be a good mentor. Find someone who's older, who's been through things. We've all been through things that you guys have been through. But so this is something you're going to have to chase after. You're going to have to make sacrifices for it. You've got to push your mentor to keep up with it. Because it's not our job to chase you. It's your job to chase us. It's your job to really want it from us. You're the one who needs to say, hey, let's set up a Google Meet or a FaceTime call every week. Because maybe you can't get in person, and that's okay. A FaceTime Google Meet's better than nothing. Like, read a book together. Read the Bible together. Push them. Push your mentor to do things that you want to learn about. If you want to know more about John the Baptist, start on that. You're going to help them grow just as much as they help you grow. But it is your job to push this. All right. The second thing is have a consistent Bible reading and prayer time. This is so difficult. 
even for myself. But what 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. You've got to have a consistent prayer and Bible reading time. That's all there is to it. You can only get so far if you're not reading. It's true. You can only get so far if you're not reading stuff. You can read comic books all day long. You can read fiction. You can read whatever it is you're into. But if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not reading Bible plans, or if you're not reading a book that's teaching you about the Bible, you're, you're only going to get so far. If you're not connecting with God every day, and telling him how wonderful he is and how awesome he is and how thankful you are for who he is and then taking that time to let him to deposit back in you, you're only going to get so far. There will be a time when you get burned out in your life. You won't feel like doing any of those things. But if you set that time now, when your burnout time gets there, maybe you've had something really ha horrible happen in your life, the scripture that you put on the inside of you will start coming out. So you have the word of God in you at all times. And then when you really need it, when you're really going through something hard, it'll start coming out at you. God will remind you of the scripture that you read. And he will start to remind you of who he said you were. But it doesn't happen if you're not reading. If you don't know what it says, it can never come out of you. Last, find a good local church and get connected. It doesn't have to be this one, but you need to find one. If you already go to another church on Sunday, I encourage you to get connected and start serving. They need help. You may ask, how do you know they need help? Because I've never been to a church where they didn't need help. Never in my life. I've been going to church all my life, and I've never been to one that didn't need help. In fact, one time, the joke, well, the truth and joke in my family is that I became a children's pastor at the age of eight years old because no one else would do it. And what did I do? I said, Dad, all the kids were younger than me. The oldest one was five, and there was like four of them. I was like, Dad, I can do it. I think I can teach them. I've got my children's Bible story book. I think I can take that. We can take some coloring sheets. And we can talk about these stories, and then we can color, and then play a game. And he was like, well, okay. So he asked, I don't know, the deacons or whatever, I'm not sure. And the next thing you know, here I am, children's pastor at the age of eight, just because none of the adults wanted to do it. And every once in a while, an adult would come and check in on us, but, you know, that's how it happens. So, yes, your church needs you wherever you are, your church needs you. So now what? I want the leaders to come up here. Caitlin, Pastor Daryl, Nathan, Ben, Ashton, Kobe, you can put some music on. Guys, I want you to stand up. It is never too late to start again and finish well. You might think that you did not start well well, let's just start again. This is your time to start again.
I've given you the three practical steps. Find a mentor, get your consistent prayer and Bible time, and connect with your local church. I've given you those things that you can do to help you finish well. And right now, if you're like, man, I really do want a mentor. That's one thing we can solve right now. I really would like to have a mentor in my life. I really would like to have someone besides my parents. I grew up in a pastor's home, and I would have killed to have someone else mentor me besides my dad and my mom. So nobody's exempt from this. You might live in the best household ever, but you still need someone outside of your home talking to you, encouraging you, pushing you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. So here's your chance. If you want a mentor, pick one and come up here and tell them that you want a mentor and you want to be pushed. This is your shot. If you want to, go ahead and bow your heads. God, I just thank you for these teenagers, Lord. I thank you that they are coming into their own, that as they learn to serve you, they learn to worship you, God, that they just figure out who they are in Jesus. Lord, I thank you as they pray about their mentor or figure out how to have consistent prayer and Bible time as they connect to their local church, God, that you give them the wisdom that they need to get these things done. You give them the want, the desire to get these things done. Lord, I just thank you for who you are and what you've done. Jesus, you are worthy to be praised. From the rise of the sun to the place where it sets, your name is worthy. King of kings, Lord of lords, the one who provides. It's you, God. It's you. We're thankful for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you're looking for a mentor, this is your shot. Come up and find one. Of course, guys with guys, girls with girls. I'm going to give you an obvi right there. But yeah, if you want a mentor, you don't have to want a mentor. But if you want one, I'm giving you an opportunity to say, hey, I need one. I need you in my life. I'll only take a few minutes and then we'll move on.
If you guys are wanting to come up and maybe you even need prayer, or maybe you're like, hey, yo, who do I pick? Doesn't matter. Just start. Okay? You've got a moment. Okay? This is not a competition. Take a couple more minutes. Keep in mind, there's people getting prayed for. Don't be too loud. We're going to free up here in about a minute and a half or less. Let's just see where it goes. 